Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series 4 games to 1. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast, episode 25. The Yankees lose. I am your host, The Rit. With me is my co-host, DC. Man, we, we haven't won a hell of a series so far. Game one and game two are in the books. DC, I want to be the first. Happy Father's Day. Uh, how you doing? Good, man. I'm doing well. Spent some time with the family. Happy Father's Day to you, to you man. How's your day? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy getting homemade gifts from the kids. Rather than you know store bought stuff because it, it, they put a little more effort into it. Uh, my kids got me. That's dope. So I like that. That's real nice. Yeah, I I got I got to hang it on the on the wall of fame back here. So, but uh, man, let's let's talk about the the Red Sox Yankee series. Uh. You know, our, our new good friend, Gabby, uh, and I were did a little Yankees-Red Sox preview, and a lot that we covered uh, have has come to pass and come to fruition. Uh, game one, we, man, we just brought out the bats, and we crushed them. 15-5. to five. What were your thoughts when, uh, when it was pretty much, you know, just, it was, it was just a, a manslaughter? That was fun to watch. I actually, I think I tweeted it out the other day. I think this, this could be a win that kind of turns the season around. I know the rivalry isn't what it was, you know, the last, you know, back in 2004-ish, you know, era, but that's a big win, man. Um, you know, after losing two out of three to Colorado to come out and respond that way. Uh, Justin Turner was, what, three for five, two home runs, six RBIs. Yoshida's first four for uh, four hit game, um, four for four, three RBIs. Uh, just exciting to watch. They needed that. I, I mean, and I think I got a little worried when they had the uh, the postponement of the game yesterday. I didn't want the, the momentum to kind of get stopped, but they came out today, got business done. So um, hopefully tonight here in a half hour, they uh, they keep it going. Yeah, uh, man, Yoshida, four for four, three ribbies. Uh, Turner, like you said, six ribbies just for him. You know, two home runs. He was just he, – he led the team. Uh, and speaking of Justin Turner, you, you know – 
my old uh, saying since the beginning of the season we had, just throw some dirt on it. And, dude, did you see that comebacker? Like, Tanner Houck, like, this dude's a beast because not only did he take a comebacker, but, like, he walked off the field on his own and, you know, kind of gave a, gave a thumbs up to the crowd. And, you know, hopefully uh, he's at home right now. And, uh, hey, it looks like he might be just throwing some dirt on it. And, you know, he, he doesn't look like he's going to be hitting an IL stint. No, he strikes me as a guy that just, you know, just a straight dog, just like Justin Turner. I think uh, he'll respond well. Um, obviously, the biggest thing you worry about is the mental aspect of that. You know, even as a pitcher, um, just like, you know, when you're a batter and you get hit, you know, there's got to be some uh, little, you know, some nervousness about getting back out there. But he's a gamer. I think he'll be fine. And like, you know, like you said, you know, throw some dirt on it. He has the guy that just did it in spring training. So I think he'll come back, you know, no issues. And I think he'll avoid that. I also thank God. I'm just glad that he's okay, you know. First and foremost, you know, I don't obviously I hope he does well in the mound, but more importantly is his, his health outside the outside the game. So glad that he's safe and just got some stitches out of it. Yeah, uh, the Yankees, on the other hand, uh, Gabby and I were ta- talking and I sit there and said, if we can get to the bullpen early, real early with Jermon, uh, I think the series could line up for us uh, really well and we could, you know, believe their bullpen. And dude. I don't know if AC was listening to the podcast or what, but in the first two innings, Jermon gave up seven earned runs, followed by Crook giving up an additional five in the first three, uh, three and two thirds innings. Man, what the what's going on? You know, we were just teeing off him like it was a T-ball game. I think it was just pent up anger, man. The the offense has been. MIA what the last two three weeks so I think you know it just just you know having Yankees in uh in Fenway Friday night maybe it amped it up a little bit more but uh you know we were due we were due for that it's exciting to see um like I said man I think this could turn our season around not to you know make light of a an early or a mid-June game but I don't know yeah and then that you know the Yankees gave up in the in the ninth and throughout uh Ian uh, Kenner Falefa. Oh, yeah, you know, to, to sit there and, you know, just throw a position player out there. And, you know, he even gave up a run. But uh, we went out there. We had Halk out there for four solid innings until he took the comebacker, only gave up one. Uh, Jock came in, you know, pitched two, only gave up a run. Kluber. Now, even though we had all those runs, I still had the nervousness when when Kluber came in. I'm like, oh, great. This here could be seven, eight, nine runs, you know, we can give him in an inning with Kluber. What did you think when when Kluber came in? The same thing I think every other time Kluber comes in. Uh, (laughs) A lot of nerves. Um, Was hoping I wasn't going to see one of the biggest comebacks ever, you know, in a baseball game. But – it turned out all right, you know what I mean. Um, Warner and run, three hits, but uh, two innings, you know, so it's not too bad. But yeah, I was I was pretty nervous, man. Yeah, uh, and, and th- then we when we had Bernardino closing it out on a on a surefire thing there. Uh, he no strikeouts, but he you know he did give up a walk. But man, overall, uh, the bats were were hot. Casas went, even went two for five, uh, two for four with a walk. 
So you know, things He's will turn it around things for yeah, things will turn around for, uh, for him. Saturday, well, Saturday we got the old rain delay, and it was you know it was expected. Uh, I I know uh, Christina and Melissa were at, are at the game, and they're up in uh, up in Boston, and they're they're having the time of their life, you know. That they just went and got pictures with uh, with uh, Rice and uh, what was it Tim, uh, Jim Jim Carlin? The, the, the I'm not Essen sure. Guys. I, haven't, I haven't been on Twitter to be honest with you. Yeah. all day. I, no, I popped they, on they for got, like a second, but that was about it. They got to meet them uh and stuff but uh i i know you knew uh and had to hear the news of ort getting called up chris murphy uh was the 26th man or the 27th man on the roster something like that today uh and ort gets the start kind of like an opener that i was talking about you know early in, in, in spring training that they you know they could lean on a little bit uh, what were your thoughts on, on Ort getting to come up and kind of be an opener role and AC kind of like giving this up and saying, Hey, this is just going to be a bullpen game for us. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw it, I was a little, a little scared, but, uh, and I, and I figured, you know, he might give up an early lead, but we've seen this offense come back, you know, time and time again, earlier in the season, obviously they hit that little rut there the last three weeks, like I alluded to earlier in the show, but, um, when he came in, he gave two and a third innings, gave up two runs, but uh, the rest of the pitching staff came in. And Murphy gave, what, two and a two-thirds. Pavetta gave three big innings. Martin, you know mm-hmm. how I feel about Chris Martin and in a game for us. Um, I mean, overall, that probably perfect perfect scenario, best-case scenario that just popped out today that saves a lot of other key guys in our, our bullpen for tonight. Um, hopefully, you know, Bellow goes seven innings. That would be huge. That would also set us up for, you know, the next week with our bullpen. Um, so yeah, pretty stoked with, uh, with the performance that they gave. Yeah. Uh, man, Chris Murphy is, he seems like ever since we seen him when we're, we are uh, at the Woo Sox game, uh, and, and he was, you know, getting that bullpen uh, session and they were working on some of his mechanics and stuff ever since then he's come up and he hasn't given up a run yet, you know, up here in the majors. Uh, you know, he, he sit there and had three K's today, you know, shut down the Yankees offense, even though like we both know it's not the Yankees offense of years past. Uh, these guys here are, you know, they're, they're without judge, uh, you know, Rizzo's struggling. Uh, LeMahieu's not really there. And I'm just like, man, uh, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, Ooh, sorry. Yeah. But, uh, the bats today, you know, in today's game, Doogie went two for four. Uh, Turner went two for five. Devers went, uh, what, one for three, you know. The ball had uh, two DeWalt. hits, I think. Yeah. And, and and we always struck out five times. And Kike. Kike had two two hits, man. They may be yeah. heating up. Yeah. <laughs> He can heat up all he wants. I still want him off a shortstop. Like, yeah, I'm I'd... so happy, and you know, when he's not on shortstop. But, uh, man, overall, today's game was really good. We won uh, 6-2. We only had 
one error, and I'm trying to sit there and see who had the error. That's a good but, question. I could say in a second. Uh, uh, the the, the uh, over Dabbers. has to be key. Oh, I was going to say, the over is probably Kike. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Tonight's starting lineup is looking a little different. Did you get to, get to see the starting lineup for tonight? It's uh, it's Jaron Duran leading off. Jaron Duran's leading off. We have Justin Turner at DH. Verdugo's batting third. Devers playing uh, third base is batting fourth. Rev Schneider is in left field. Tristan Cassis is. Kike Hernandez is playing second base. Reese McGuire and Pablo Reyes. So, man, it's like, it's a completely different lineup. I don't think he's ever threw out a lineup like this. Uh, what do you think about Jaron Duran leading off and putting Verdugo back in the three spot? Uh, honestly, I'd prefer Verdugo back up there. Um, Duran's struggling a little bit. You know, I, I think uh, we better off with him kind of lower in the order. And, uh, I mean, like I said, Verdugo's been – he's been really good, you know, when we have him to lead off. And I think he's – I mean, ride that high. What, he had two hits today? You know, ride that momentum, man. Um, Duran's been struggling pretty decently hard. I think he has, what, like two hits in the last five games? Or four – yeah, five games, something like that. Um, and before that, he was pretty spotty, other than a couple of two-hit performances uh, back-to-back or something like that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what did you – did you sit there – I know you said you wasn't on Twitter, uh, but the Yankees pitcher Schmidt, there was pictures all over Twitter of him not even stepping on the on the uh, rubber when he was pitching at, like, at certain times. And the Red Sox fans were, you know, outraged that none of the umpires caught on to this you know, and pretty much was saying that Schmidt was cheating, you know, due to the fact that he's not touching the uh, the rubber when he's pitching. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that, you know, statement? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of a advantage that gives you. I mean, I feel like you kind of need that mound to push off of, so I feel like it would hurt you if you're not using it. But um, as far as the umpire is not seeing it, you know, that's kind of – that gets annoying, but – um. I wasn't able to watch the game because I was with my dad having di- or having lunch with the family. Did uh, did Cora say anything, or was there any discussion at all, or was that just all speculation uh, they, on Twitter? No, no, that there was there was pictures of, of uh, them. I think Tyler uh, Tyler Milk. Uh, I can't remember Milk how to say his name. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah name rejected. Said, yeah, he sat there and uh, was tweeting out pictures of him actually not being. You know, he's like a good inch and a half two inches away from uh the rubber yeah so, i mean and if it's that obvious too you think you think core would say something you know just to have some gamemanship just to you know kind of ruffle some feathers even if the, the outcome wasn't what he wanted you know bringing up their attention yeah so it, it was it was pretty it was pretty like blatant in, in my eyes you know maybe ac was was over there sleeping maybe he was you know, trying to give the Yankees an advantage, 
the, or see if they can give them advantage for some sort of competition. Because after game one, man, they, they needed every advantage they could sit there and take. Yeah, man. That was a fun game to watch. Yeah, uh, and Massa, Massa hit that big triple today. Uh, out the ball got lost in in the uh, the Bermuda Triangle out there in center field, and man, Massa sit there and he was moving around to get that triple. Yeah, he's got some legs when he when he wants to. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more running out of him, to be honest with you. Yeah, Try definitely. More guys. He's got three right now. I think I think he could you know have close to five to ten. To be honest, you know. At least 10 yeah. right now. So, uh, well, today we called up Ort to replace uh, Hauk. We also sit there and you brought up Chris Murphy from the from the Woo Sox for the doubleheader game. DC, you you were uh, you weren't able to be there. You had other work duties, but. Uh, our executive producer and, and our photographer Chase stepped in, and we had a great interview with a another Woo Sox uh, reliever, uh, Theo Denlinger. So, guys, we're gonna sit there and take you to the interview, and then we'll be back and and discuss it. And we're here today. I got Chase, our not only one of our writers, uh, he's the executive producer that put together all of our logos. Uh, he's here. He's here going to do an interview with me. Uh, hello, hello. We got a great interview. Uh, this man just recently uh, came over in a trade to the Red Sox. He's working his way up the farm system really quick. He was in Double A. He just got called up to Triple A. We have one hell of a pitcher here on our podcast today. Let's bring him in. We got Theo Dellinger. What's hey, going guys, on, Theo? What's up? What's up? What's so, up? Uh, I just went with your name because I've you got one. You got a long list of nicknames that you've been called. Yep. Uh, I, I've been reading up on in your career. You know, the blacksmith. Uh, grandpa uh, kind of <laughs> kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Yeah. So that was uh, on, so, that, that was on the uh, that was on some of the some of the lower lower teams because I got drafted uh, when I was like 24 or 25 years old. Um, so I was playing with with guys in low A um, that were that were like 18, 19. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it was uh, <laughs> that was a that was a great little nickname for for a little bit. Um, but then as I started to rise through the through the ranks. Obviously, I started to to meet a lot more guys that were um, that were my age, and now that I'm on AAA here with uh, Worcester Red Sox, that uh, that that age gap is uh, kind of shifted and, and gone the other way. So now I'm I'm close to being uh, one of the youngest guys on the team. Oh, so so, so the, now you're like the baby of the group now. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so did those young guys have anything to teach you? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they have a, they have a ton to teach and I'm, I'm trying to constantly ask guys like, you know, how it is going up and down from the, uh, from the big leagues and back to Worcester. And so, yeah, I, I love being around guys that have been there and then, uh, they're, they're down here, you know, taking a little stint. 
but uh, yeah, there's tons of tons of knowledge here, and I'm I'm constantly trying to learn from those from those older guys. Yeah, uh, especially uh, Chase, myself, and uh, our other co-host DC. We uh, we were there at a few of the games when uh, the Woo Sox played the Rail Riders because we live in PA. So okay. uh, we talked to Joe Bradley. Uh, we had interviewed him and. He was really nice, uh, reached out and was able to get us some press passes. So we got to, you know, go to the games. We got to uh, become, you know, acquainted with some of the guys in the Woo Sox. Narcisco Crook, uh, we just interviewed him. Great guy. You know, I love talking to him. But uh, we were actually able to sit there and watch uh, the bullpen uh, uh, session pretty much with uh, Chris Murphy. And they were okay. working, on, uh, working on some mechanics and – you know, shortly after that, he got called up to the show. So they got some great staff there, uh, you know, just watching. You just got to sit there and uh, just keep your ears open and learn is, is from what I'm hearing down there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, the, the coaching staff here, um, and like I said, all the guys are so knowledgeable. And I'm just trying to soak all of it up. Um, but obviously, with so much, so much knowledge and wisdom, um, and and you know, just like skills and mechanics and everything that they're trying to teach you, there's just there's so much. So you kind of gotta uh, rifle through and, and sift through all the all the knowledge here and and pick what can best benefit you um, and try and bring that into into your mechanics and uh, and hopefully you know help develop yourself. Yeah. So uh, let's let's go back to you know the younger you. Uh, what got you into playing baseball at, at a young age? I mean, I could always just uh, my, my dad tells uh, this famous story, but I could always just kind of throw throw the ball, um, you know, decently hard. And we were at like a like a pee wee tournament in uh, in Cuba City, Wisconsin. And uh, he he goes so he goes to the concession stand like halfway through the tournament. And uh, one of the coaches on another team, I think it was like Keeler, was talking to the Cuba City coach who we played next. And he goes, hey, man, like, you got to be careful. Theo's a little wild today. So some of your guys might come back with some with some bumps and bruises. Um, is that that's the famous line my dad tells uh, tells a bunch of people. But yeah, so I've always been able to throw uh, decently hard. And then it was, you know, finding that decently hard mixed with putting the ball where I wanted it to. Um, and then. I eventually, you know, I eventually kind of figured that out. And then uh, in high school and obviously up until college, and I'm still, still, still working on that today. But uh, yeah, I think, I think we're getting there. And um, so, yeah, I've always just kind of been, been blessed with a decently strong arm and uh, being able to throw, throw the ball well. So, so, so you talk about how you have a strong arm. How are you um, trying to perfect your pitch types, you know? There's also how fast you throw up, but there's also your pitch types and your break and everything. How are you trying to perfect that? Yeah, so I'm constantly, constantly working on that. And that's uh, that's one of the things that I'm working on right now, currently in, uh, in AAA here with, uh, with the Red Sox, is that I'm just trying to figure out what's the best pitch mix for me. Um, so right now I have... Um, a cutter slider mix and then my curveball for my uh, for my secondary or my off speeds and nice. then for my fastballs I have a, a two seam four seam um, so yeah just trying to trying to perfect that and then also it's not even about um, perfecting that it's about knowing when to throw each pitch and yeah, which, which pitch true. which which pitch tunnels off of the other one so like my cutter and my two seam tunnel pretty well together because they both come in together and then they kind of they kind of split off. 
So knowing when to use that, like cutter into lefties is really good. Two seam into righties is uh, is really good. And then obviously the curveball down to to either of them in certain counts is is going to be um, you know the the bread and butter of my uh, my pitch mix. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of a lot of pitchers favor one catcher to another because they kind of form a bond. Uh, you guys have Caleb Hamilton. You got Ronaldo down there. You got Oscar. Uh, which catcher have you preferred and have worked with building that relationship with since you came up to AAA? Um, so, I mean, all of the guys, all the catchers here are extremely skilled. They're extremely good at their jobs. So I don't have, I don't have a problem with having anybody, any, any, any one of them out there, um, out there with me. Um, I think I've thrown more to, um, Ronaldo, uh, than I have anybody else here. So, um, I don't really prefer anybody, but that's, that's just who I've had, uh, the most of this year so far. Okay. Uh, so coming to triple A, uh, getting called up, did you, what, what were your experiences like, you know, getting acquainted with, you know, not only the staff, uh, but your teammates as well? Yeah. So just getting acquainted with them. So obviously, um, I met a few of them in, um, spring training, kind of hung out, talked to them. I know I met um, Dermody, Dermody in spring training, and I talked to him. Talked to him a bit. Kind of got to got to know him a little bit. So there was a few familiar faces coming up. Otherwise, um, and also Taylor Broadway, who I actually played with um, on the White Sox, and we got we got drafted together on the White Sox, and then he got traded halfway through the year, like three fourths of the way through the year last year, and then I just got traded this off season. So um, he's. He's definitely a familiar face, and uh, Taylor Broadway is uh, one of my boys. So that was that was cool seeing him and, and reacquainting myself with him. And then obviously, you know, I saw him in spring training and stuff. But yeah, just having him back on the same team with me was uh, was pretty cool. And then obviously getting to know everybody else here on the team. There's 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 a bunch of characters, but uh, like I said before, there's guys that have been have been up and down, or they have like six years of, of big league time or, or whatever it is. So there's. Um, there's a ton of a ton of great guys here, and uh, I'm I'm really happy to be to be a part of this team. Uh, is, is there any uh, anybody that kind of like took you under their wings and you know was giving you advice? And if so, uh, what what was the best advice you've been given so far? Yeah, so there's uh, like I said, Matt Dermody, but then uh, Caleb Ord. Caleb Ward is, is someone that really kind of took me, took me under his wing and has kind of um, not showing me the ropes, but just kind of, you know, like, Hey, I think you should be doing this or, or this pitch or like, how you feeling today? Like what, what, you know, how, like, what's it looking like? Um, but yeah, so Caleb Ward is, is a guy that obviously has been up with the Red Sox quite mm -hmm. a bit and he, he broke camp um, this spring training. So he's a guy with a ton of knowledge. Um, I think he, I think he debuted in, in 2019. So he's, yeah, like I said, he's got, he's got a ton of, a uh, ton of good stuff. And so I was talking with him and the best advice he kind of gave me was, uh, so I was coming up and I was, I was, I was just kind of not struggling, but uh, I wasn't, I wasn't having clean innings. I wasn't, you know, getting out of them the best. And, uh, and I was just kind of like, man, like this is, this is a struggle and, and a grind. And he's like, dude, you're young. And I, I've never really, you know, 
coming coming up through the ranks i've always been like the older guy and uh him being 31 me being 26 he's like dude you're like you're young you got a lot of time to go like don't tr don't think you have to get there right now like you you have all the time in the world um he goes and honestly like that that's a huge plus for you because you can sit back and just have fun with the game like you don't have to make it a job and as soon as you make it a job then it's going to feel like a job and you're not going to have fun you're going to go out there be nervous whatever but he said just go out there and have fun and as soon as you start having fun out there on the mound i guarantee you're going to see some good results uh yeah uh you know i, I was reading uh, an article uh you know you're talking about paul abbott the pitching coach and yep. And, and how much of a bond and how much of a big help he's been uh, for you since you, you know, been called up to triple A. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the relationship because, you know, he's been there, you know, and now he's able to help you guys work on your mechanics, you know, give you guys advice uh, throughout the times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is, he is so knowledgeable um, and we pretty much talk, every single day about mechanics. Um, and I'm actually going to go, go into the, or I always say go into the office early, but go into the ballpark early and, uh, and work on mechanics with him today. But he, he worked on some mechanics yesterday with me and it was just pretty much staying on that backside, letting my, uh, letting my weight carry. And then as soon as my plant foot hits, everything comes through, um, and just kind of unload all that. So we've been working, we've been working real hard on that. And he has, he has an insane um, amount of knowledge and how the body works and how a pitcher's body works and just everything that flows smoothly. Um, so we've just been kind of, kind of working on trying to get me to be more smooth um, through, through my delivery and then really utilize those legs. But having, ha having him as a pitching coach is for sure um, going to develop me and, uh, and obviously take me to that next step. Chase, you have anything that you want to ask? Um, not really. I was kind of curious about like the uh, the difference in in culture, I guess, from AAA to to like um, the majors to AA. You know, like what's the difference between that between the people too? Yeah, I would say that um, as you as you move up the ranks, it's a little bit more a um, little bit more professional, a little bit more serious and like hey this isn't just like this isn't just a game um this is like your job you got to look the part you got to act the part um and you got to go out there and obviously like the guys are a lot a lot better and a lot more uh skillful at this level so you got to go out there right. if you make one if you make one mistake that mistake's going to be taken over the fence so you got to not be perfect but you got to have uh, a lot, a lot fewer mistakes, but the, just the culture is, um, I don't know if I would go with more serious, but it's more like, um, you know, put your nose to the grindstone cause you're almost there. Whereas yeah. the lower levels, it's like, Hey, I want to have fun. I want to, you know, I want to go out, do whatever <laughs> after the game. Um, but at this level, it's like, Hey, you know, we got, we got families to take care of. We got wives, girlfriends, uh, kids. So yeah, at this level, it's uh, a little bit more, a little bit more serious and a little bit more like, Hey, we're, we're here to work. We're not, uh, we're not here to just, you know, goof around. Yeah. So how do you remember to have fun when you get up to those ranks? You know, you, you talked about how 
having fun is is part of baseball. So how do you have fun when you get up to those ranks? So yeah, there's, there's yeah. So being more serious doesn't mean there's there's no fun. <laughs> I mean, there's there's guys uh, constantly pulling pranks on each other, um, and uh, <laughs> there was actually a prank pulled um, not that long ago on uh, uh, one of our one of our starting pitchers, Faria. And it was like uh, some of the other guys, like Germany, Boozer, uh, those guys, and they were just like knocking on his door, and then they would they would run in their hotel room quick, <laughs> and um, so a little bit a little bit of ding dong ditch, but um, yeah, the guy the guys here have have a ton of fun, um, but it's just like when you step when you step onto that field, you know, it's a little a little bit more like all yeah. right, hey, mm-hmm. time to go to business, like time to time to pick up the briefcase and 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 go to work. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we like in the bullpen, we play, uh, we play bullpen games too. So like, you're not just sitting out there, like just standing there watching the game. Um, we, you know, we have fun, have fun in the bullpen, keep it light, keep it, uh, keep it going. Um, but then as, as soon as, uh, as soon as one of the guys gets on the mound to warm up, to go into the game, then it's, Hey, everybody, you know, stop, stop what yep. you're doing. Uh, watch the game, let that guy uh, get his work in and mentally get ready to go into the game. Yeah. Uh, I, when I go up to Fenway Park, I love sit behind the bullpen just to watch and enjoy the games that the that the bullpen plays. Uh, I, I always loved watching, uh, which Joe Kelly was a beast at, uh, sunflower seeds. You know, you put okay. the cup out there and you spit the sunflower seed in. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just watching him and he's just one, you know, one out of every five, one out of every six. And I'm like, man. But then uh, going up, uh, watching you guys, you guys play a game similar to uh, bocce ball with, you know, baseballs that I see you guys roll them and you got to try to get them on the plate. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love watching stuff like that because uh, it, sh- it just shows, you know, you, you guys like to like to have fun, but you're still competitive because, oh, yeah, exactly. you know, all athletes are competitive regardless. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then we also, we also play another game. Uh, it's the movie game. So, uh, you go, you pretty much go down the line of guys, um, and it's like I'll name a movie, and then that person has to name an actor in that movie, and then someone has <laughs> to name, cool. <laughs> and then someone has to name uh, a movie that that actor has been in, and then you kind of just keep going down the line. Um, and if you can't think of a movie or an actor, uh, then you get an X and uh, and two X's and, and you're out of the game. And then you kind of see who's, you kind of see who's left and then who wins. But yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little, uh, a little chippy at the end. I mean, cause obviously like you said, we're, we're athletes and we're playing at one of the highest levels possible. So there's guys that are extremely, extremely competitive and uh, we don't have our phones out there, but we have an iPad where it has like the mm-hmm. track man and stuff. And there'll be like, uh, it'll be like um, someone says a movie and then someone says an actor. And then everybody's like, is that person, like, is that actor actually in that movie? And then it's like, <laughs> hey, someone, so, someone's got to go Google it. Cause like, this is, you know, crunch, <laughs> this is crunch time. <laughs> yeah. So, so the movie, who, who's the, who would you say is the king of the movie game out there? Oh, geez. Um, Caleb Ort. Caleb Ort is really good. And then who else? AJ Politi. AJ Politi. Th- those two usually are the ones uh, at the end going at it. Um, and then Sheriff. Sheriff is Sheriff is pretty good. Pretty good at it too. Uh, so uh, you, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier uh, Faria. Uh, yep. He also worked with you to give you a different grip on your slider. Uh, uh, how's that helped you since, you know, talking to him and him uh, helping you out a little bit? 
Um, so I think that was Broadway. So yeah, he, he kind of helped, uh, he kind of helped Broadway with his slider. Um, oh, but okay. yeah, I, I mean, I've also, I've also talked to him. I've talked to a ton of the guys, um, about it, but yeah, it, it's just constantly bouncing ideas off each other. Like, Hey, I hold my slider, um, on the horseshoe. And then another guy will be like, well, you know, I kind of hold my slider a little bit further up. Like, Hey, why don't, why don't you go out there and play catch with it and just see how it feels. So it's constantly guys saying like how they hold their slider, how they hold this, how they hold that. And then it's just playing catch with it. So you go out there, um, hold it, hold your slider or hold the slider that this person taught you how to throw. Um, and then just kind of go out there, throw it a few times, see how it moves, see how it feels, and then maybe take on their slider as your own and then kind of pass it on to a different guy or like, Hey, how do you, what do you think of this? Or so yeah, you're constantly bouncing ideas and pitches off of one another and just seeing how they move. Cause every, every guy is different. So my slider isn't close to Broadway's slider or Faria's slider or Sheriff's slider. Um, but the way we hold them might be a little bit similar or a little bit different. Um, so it's just, you know, arm path and you know, how that guy delivers the pitch that can make it a little bit, a little bit different. So yeah, we're constantly bouncing ideas and pitches off of one another and, and, and trying them out because you never know what's going to be uh, what's going to click for you and then just be your go-to pitch now yeah because you know you have the grip you have the arm slot and then you have the release point you know yeah. it, it, you could play and mix up you know whichever makes you feel comfortable to get it to where it gets over the plate and is effective yeah yeah exactly so uh, what was it what was it like when uh, you got the phone call, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to trade you. Uh, you're going to be going becoming a Red Sox. Because uh, up here, Boston, a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. once you make it up there, Fenway. What, oh, the yeah. White Sox are, you know, they're, they're a bigger market team, but there's a lot of pressure coming up here, you know, to become a Red Sox. Uh, you can be the most lovable guy on the team, <laughs> or or you can be the guy that you know the, the fans want want your head after first one outing. Uh, so so what was what was all that like for you? Yeah, so um, I actually got the call in the car um, with my dad and a few of my buddies. My a few of my buddies uh, were in the back because we we're we we're just on our way to. Uh, I was going to go throw live against some hitters. And we're uh, actually, I think it was on the way back from throwing live against some hitters. And uh, so, yeah, I, I get the call and um, I didn't, I didn't have the person's number. So I look at it and I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a Chicago number. Like I should, I should probably answer this. And uh, so, so I answered it and, uh, and they're like, Hey, like, do you have a, uh, do you have time to talk? And I was like, yeah, they're like, hey, what's going on? And they, they just got right to the point. Um, he was just like, Hey, well, you've been traded to the, uh, the Red Sox. Like it's, it's nothing against you. Uh, we loved having you on the white Sox, but the Red Sox just want you a little bit more than we do. Um, so yeah, we, we just traded you and, uh, you know, there, there, there's going to be people reaching out to you probably within like five minutes. Uh, and they're going to set you up with, uh, you know, your new, your new place, your new, <laughs> your new everything. Um, <laughs> So I was, and, uh, so it was on, it was on speaker in, in my truck. And so mm -hmm. my dad and all my buddies, um, heard that. And they were, they were just kind of like looking around, like what, what just happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. And, uh, 
And then as soon as I started getting calls from, uh, from upper management at the Red Sox, I, I immediately, um, cause at first I was a little nervous, like, Oh, like I got traded. I have no idea what that means. Like I'm very new to, to pro baseball. Like, is that a good thing, bad thing, whatever. Um, and as soon as I started getting those calls from, from the Red Sox, uh, upper management and they're like, Hey, like, we're so excited to have you. Um, we traded one of our top guys, Franklin Herman, who was actually last year, 2022, um, minor league pitcher of the year for the Red Sox. And they mm-hmm. traded him, they traded him for me. So that's, I mean, that's a huge, um, that was a huge boost to me. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's crazy. If they're trading this guy for me, they, they have to think extremely highly of me. So yeah, just having that happen was uh, mind boggling. And it took it took a few days for it to even for it to even sink in. Um, but yeah, so I got I got calls from upper management. They're like, hey, we're extremely excited to have you. Um, we've actually been been looking to trade for you since you got drafted because they're like, we're, we're trying to get you drafted um, for us. But, you know, obviously it didn't work out. So as soon as we saw your name uh, on the White Sox, we were immediately immediately trying to get you. And then obviously that took that process took like a year, year and a half, um, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, so it was it was it was incredible. And then as soon as I got traded and it was public knowledge, um, my Instagram was blowing up with Red Sox (laughs) fans. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was crazy. And, and Red Sox fans are crazy. And I love that because I'm a little I'm a little crazy myself. So um, but yeah, they they welcomed me with with open arms and uh, I, I couldn't be more happy of the trade and where I'm at and and being part of the Red Sox nation now. Oh, man, it, just the way that, you know, the White Sox presented it to you, like they loved you, but the Red Sox wanted you just loved you just a little bit more and then yeah. hearing then hearing that they've been trying to get you since you were drafted like that has to sit there and make you feel good oh yeah for sure um and then also so my nickname on the white Sox was the viking just because you know the, the tattoos and um being black <laughs> and and uh and the hair and the beard and the look um so yeah my my nickname on the on the white Sox was the viking and then um, my Instagram was blowing up with Red Sox fans being like, "The Vikings coming to Boston." And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I, I I love Red Sox fans, and I can't can't wait to be a part of it. Okay, since since, uh, since you you went that route, I've got to ask. <laughs> All right, Red Sox yeah. major league team calls you up. The Red Sox call you up. They're like, Theo, we want you up. Yep. What would be your walk up, like your walkout song from the bullpen, if you had to pick one right now? Um, I think I would go with Bad Man. Yeah, so it's, uh, I can't remember, can't exactly remember who sings it. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty slow to start out with. And then as soon as I timed it up perfectly. Um, so as soon as I get out to the mound, uh, it, it just erupts with, uh, like the quote key phrases, like I'm a bad man. And then I, I start pitching, warming up, doing whatever. And, uh, as soon, yeah, so as soon as I get out to the mound, like the, the beat drops, uh, they say like, I'm a bad man. And then I, I start warming up. So yeah, that, that <laughs> definitely be my, uh, definitely be my walkout. Oh man. That's, that's something that I personally look forward to, uh, yeah, you know, hearing same. that. <laughs> so, uh, before before we sit there and, and wrap this up, I'm just curious, 
what got you into blacksmithing? Yeah, so that's a, <laughs> I always tell people like that's a, that's a pretty long, long story. Um, <laughs> but the semi, the semi shortened version of that is uh, <clears throat> I'm also adopted into the Lakota Sioux Native American tribe. And so mm-hmm. every year for Father's Day, I would go to uh, the rendezvous in Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin with my dad and my brother. And uh, every, every year we would go there. Uh, they have, you know, it's a gathering of Native American pioneers, like old time folks selling their wares, selling their, you know, the food they make, the, um, the produce they have. <clears throat> and then like they do black, black, uh, black powder rifle shooting, axe throwing. Uh, they do a ton of crazy stuff. And then obviously there's uh, blacksmiths there. And so we went up to one of the blacksmiths and he was uh, working on a railroad spike knife that <clears throat> that he was making. And all of his, like his forge, his anvil, everything looked homemade. And mm-hmm. so I got to talking to him and I was like, hey, like, how did you get into this? Like, what, what, what did it take to start this? And so he kind of gave me, me, my dad and my brother, the rundown on everything he did to, to get started. And he's like, yeah, it probably costs like 50 bucks to, to make all this from scratch, like just from the junkyard. And so he showed us his YouTube videos on how to make all this stuff. And I kind of looked at my dad and I was like, hey, like we could do this. Like we have, uh, so we live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin with a train track in our backyard and also the mm-hmm. Mississippi so that we have tons of railroad spikes. And I was like, I, I want to make a railroad spike knife. Like I want to do this. And this was probably nine years ago now. So I was probably uh, like a freshman in high school. Um, and so, so yeah, um, I go home and my dad, my dad's like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Like, this is just going to be something you do for like a day or like a week. And then you get bored of it or it's too hard or like whatever. <laughs> and so we went home, made our, made our, uh, made an anvil and then made a homemade forge out of a, uh, a truck brake drum. And as soon as I made my first knife, it took, it took so long. It's very crude. It looked, it looked terrible, um, but it got, it got the job done. I think I, I think I took it inside and I like cut bread with it, like got some butter, like, and I was like, I'm, I'm hooked. Like I love this. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was, that was the first knife I ever made out of a, out of a railroad spike. Um, and I've come an extremely far way since then. Like I'm making three foot swords. I'm making Roman gladiuses. I'm making double sided battle axes. Uh, so yeah, it, <laughs> it just it just kind of started off with like, hey, I, I want to try this out, see what I can do. I pretty much made like a like a butter knife, and then uh, now I'm making swords and axes and tomahawks and whatever you can think of. So yeah, that's that's kind of how everything got started with the with the blacksmithing. Man, I, I might have to sit there and put an order in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be getting a getting a website made probably sometime this off season, or I'm not sure exactly when. But uh, yeah, you can always hit me up on my on my Instagram uh, at Theo Denlinger or at Denlinger uh, underscore Forge. So yeah, and uh, you can put in an order. Obviously, during the season, can't get to your order, but as uh, as soon as I'm done. <laughs> As soon as I'm done with baseball, I'm I'm going right to the shop and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start work on some orders. Oh man! So Theo, last question. Uh, Chase, do you have a last question for him? Nope, I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. For this. 
So th this is something new. We Narcisco was our first person we've asked. I kind of stole this from Section 10. Steve said it was okay. <laughs> Hot tub time machine, okay? You can right. get, go up against any batter in MLB history to pitch against. Just you and that batter. What batter would you love to face and why? Um, I mean, giving up a home run to Barry Bonds would be pretty insane. <laughs> oh come on, um, Theo. You, 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 it's more like striking him out would be insane. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, striking out Barry Bonds would be would be insane. But I'm just, I mean, um, yeah. So yeah, going up going up against uh, Barry Bonds or, or any any of those uh, Hall of Famers. Hi. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so going up against any of those of those those Hall of Famers just back in the day um, would be would be insane. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick Barry Bonds. You know, whatever happens, strikeout, home run, I'd be, I'd be, be happy with either. Uh, hey, you wouldn't be the first or the last one that uh, gave him a home run. So yeah, exactly. That's yeah, I'd be I'd be one one of the few. Yeah, right. So uh, Theo. Yeah, yep. exactly. Hey, thanks for sitting there and stopping by and giving us some of your time. Uh, do you want to tell everybody uh, that listens to the Pesky podcast uh, where they can reach out to you to, to, you know, watch your games, talk to you? Um, yeah, so obviously you can watch my games on MILB.com or uh, hopefully soon just on regular TV playing for the uh, playing for the Red Sox at Fenway. That'd be that'd be uh, incredible. And obviously that's that's the dream. That's the goal. Um, but then you can reach out to my Instagram at Theo Denlinger or uh, at Denlinger underscore Forge uh, for any of your blacksmithing or knife or sword needs. So, okay. Thanks a lot, Theo. Uh, thanks for stopping by. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. See ya. And there we had it. What a great interview uh, for with Theo sitting down talking. Uh, man, he just looks like he's he just in the blacksmith shop just all day, you know, ma making armor. He look he looked like a straight up Viking. But man, he, he sits there and pitches pitches like a, a beast coming out of that bullpen, DC. Yeah, he definitely pissed apart as far as uh, blacksmith and Viking. No, I was pretty bummed I missed that, but uh, you and Chase did a great job. Um, seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, so guys, want to sit there. Thank you for stopping by uh, the Pesky Podcast once again. Follow us on YouTube. Hit us up on Spotify, iTunes, all major platforms. Uh, we're going to be watching Sunday Night Baseball. Hopefully, when you guys listen this Monday, we brought out the brooms and swept those Yankees. But until then, he is DC. I am the Rit. Check you out. Check us out next time on the Pesky Podcast.